Two teams are left in the summer 22 season, and we do have a finals rematch, but it is not from last year. It is from winter 2019, where the Werewolves and Lob City will face off on Tuesday to see who will be crowned summer 22 champion. The defending champs are back. The Cinderella team, I would say, in the Werewolves, definitely in winter 19. They were not expected to get this far. I know none of you guys picked them, I don't think, to make it this far, but uh, they are there after an overtime win. We're going to break that down, as well as Lob City's win over the Rhode Island Warriors. This is the semifinal postgame show, so the second to last one. We have Cade, Tim, and Aiden here. And guys, we'll start with that overtime game. So just to kind of break it down for everybody, it was a 68-63 win. The Werewolves were up by double digits, and it might have been, it was definitely 10, possibly 11 at points in that fourth quarter over the undefeated Duyez boys. They faced some foul trouble, the Duyez boys did. Kutu had five, and I believe Yars had five as well. And so they played the entire fourth quarter with that. They were up seven or eight. I know it was definitely three possessions with about a minute and a half to go because the Duyez boys were saying that. It's only three possessions, but that's still a lot at the end of a game. And then a couple threes, I believe two Brian Yars threes, a Johnny Kutu three, and they got it to overtime. It was Yars's three to tie the game. They get into overtime, and we're gonna. I'm, I'll let you guys go on that last possession for the Werewolves. So the Werewolves had a chance to win it in regulation. They might have drained 30 or 40 seconds, um, which is what it is. They ran it down and got the last shot in a tied game, and it was a Geno 40 top of the key three, which after a broken play, so at least they got a shot up and they had a chance. They go to overtime. The Duyez boys win the tip, and the first play is a Kutu charge, which I think it was a good call, and nobody was really – I mean, obviously the Duyez boys are biased, right? But nobody was really complaining about the call. Kutu tried to drive and Jared Ganser beat him to the spot, but that was his sixth foul. So now they went essentially the entire overtime without Johnny Kutu. And uh, Yarsh tried to do his thing, but then Heston came down right after that, hit a three, and the Werewolves would never trail in the overtime. So we're going to save Aiden for last because I think he can bring some context looking forward, especially him having seen with me that winter 19 double overtime final between Lob City and the Werewolves. So we'll just go to Cade first. We'll go in my order on the screen. But Cade, you can touch on that fourth quarter. I think let's start there. We'll kind of give Tim the overtime. But that fourth quarter, a double-digit lead, it didn't quickly evaporate, but it when it started to go away, it was gone. You blink and it's a tied game and, like, the bench is going crazy. Uh, and, you know, we can touch on the Duyez boys there first before we talk a lot of Werewolves. What did they do in that run and, and why were they down double digits in a game where you know we, we know they beat the werewolves earlier in the season, and maybe they shouldn't have, right? In that week eight matchup. But they, you know, it was close in the fourth quarter. And then you look up and you know the werewolves are making plays and the Duyez boys are missing. So what did they do to kind of get themselves in that spot in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I'd say the werewolves were able to get that 10-point lead by obviously Brian Henson and, and Sam Clifford were the only two big scorers of the game, but Brian was hitting some some nice threes. I know he hit one. Uh, pretty late to put them up 10. Uh, but I would say Brian Yars was the reason the Duye boys were able to come back. Uh, once we saw him start, he was uh, starting this game, I think, for the first time this season. I'm not sure if he started last week. But, yeah, it was this first start uh, that I got to see. And when I saw him sub in at the beginning, or not sub in, but start, I knew he was there to play. And he, I think, was the leading scorer for uh, Duye boys. Yeah, he had 26. Um, when when he, he was shooting those threes down the line. They just looked so good. They, they went right in. And um, uh, also on defense, Duye boys were able to lock them down for uh, 
for most of the final possessions, obviously letting up some free throws. But yeah, Brian Yars uh, with the, the game tying three also, uh, you got the bench going crazy. Uh, everything kind of just went perfect for them in the final quarter. And then it kind of fell apart there in the fourth with some foul uh, in the overtime with foul trouble. I know John fouled out right away. Uh, but yeah, the werewolves uh, kind of let go of that that lead in the fourth. Uh, got a little lucky, but they were able to seal the deal there in the overtime. Yep. And so let's go to Tim, even now to focus on that overtime, right? Cade took us right up to the overtime. We'll look back at the werewolves here. Uh, Tim, I mean, we talked about the charge play being huge, but what did the werewolves do in that overtime specifically to kind of finish the deal after blowing that lead? Blowing is, again, a strong word. The two years boys made, made plays, and then I think the werewolves just didn't make plays. I wouldn't say they necessarily blew it. I know they turned it over once. I can remember in that stretch, which is a six-point swing when you're hitting threes. But what did the werewolves do in that overtime to kind of get it back and then seal the deal? Yeah, so, I mean, going into this overtime, I feel like everyone was expecting the Duyez boys to ride the momentum. Coming back from that, that deficit of 10 or so more points, it felt like they had all the momentum. Shane was yelling. They were hyped. And pretty much werewolves just shut them down. You know, overtime, it comes down to only a couple possessions, really, with two minutes. So as soon as Heston hit that first three, um, that kind of – they only really needed one stop from that point. I believe they got a turnover after – well, the charge obviously happened, and then they got a turnover after that, which led to a Clifford bucket, five-point deficit at that point. You pretty much have to hit your next shot to to come back at that point, and they didn't. I think Kutu is definitely a big loss in that overtime. He's their leader, their point guard, the guy that's going to get everyone on that team shots. Um, yeah, I, it just came down to a couple of – plays at the end that was good on werewolves they they stayed composed because a lot of teams they might have not been able to come back after after blowing a lead like that but werewolves stuck together and showed a lot for me for picking up this win after after that yeah and so we'll get to Aiden in a second for sure a huge loss I mean they have all the momentum and I think that charge um just on an aggressive play trying to be aggressive and go right to the bucket off the tip I think that charge sucked the air right back out and then Brian Heston took advantage and hit a top of the key three, you know, not necessarily right after, but the next possession down. And that sealed it. I think that like put the nail in the coffin on that momentum swing, in my opinion, you know, and it credit to the werewolves as much as it kills me to say it, you know, just from going back and forth with them on the court for years, but they've been in this spot. You know, I must mention before we get to Aiden, when they faced off against the Duyez boys in the semifinals in the summer 19, so the season after they went to the finals, the Werewolves, they were back in the semifinals against the Duyez boys. And as we know, that's the year the Duyez boys won it all. The Duyez boys beat the Werewolves in that semifinal by three in overtime. So the last two teams times these teams have met, it's been an overtime. We didn't think we'd get there. Aiden, what's your thoughts on this one? I mean, having that, we're going to preview the finals in a second, but even just this one, um, the crazy, crazy swing of swing of events. Go ahead. <laughs> So I haven't just the werewolves, they seem like an overtime just team. Like, and I Gino did did not he didn't play well. Let me preface that. But it looked like when they were playing, is he kind of took like a, a small little backseat and let Brian and Sam kind of do the majority of the ball handling, which he usually does, which I thought was a kind of a key way to for that game. And like we said, most or two out of the bunch of us took. Big Duyez boys to win. We are wrong, but I do 
legitimately think the werewolves have a shot at beating lob city next week if they continue to play the way they're doing and they played when they played in winter 19 two completely different team well one completely different team werewolves are pretty much different they're missing some key people but and then the lob city is just the same they just have added jose and added garl but i think it's going to be a great matchup with lob adding those two players and werewolves having those other players just being able to play yeah, I'll jump in and do what Kate is thinking. Yeah, you know, just add, you know, Jose and Carl, you know, no big deal. You know, just everyone can add those guys. You know, we, we, we get the point, though. Yeah, they add. That'll be the key difference in this one, the size advantage for Lob City. We'll get there. And even we're going to look at the difference in the Werewolves team. I mean, two players in this one, Clifford and Heston, combined for 60 of the 68. And it's funny. I think we were talking before we went on the air. Oh, even even less. Two players combined for all but three of the team's points when they met Lob City in the finals in Winter 19. So again, we're going to preview that in a second, but similar in that sense, a two-headed monster for the Werewolves, one of those players being Brian Heston, back in the finals against Lob City. Lob City able to get there in their semifinal, the first game Tuesday night, taking on the Warriors. And again, this was one we should have known crazy things were going to happen, right? Because the Rhode Island Warriors, despite their um, size, and, and their lack of size coming in that we knew would be a factor. I thought from the beginning, it was going to come down to them hitting shots, which they did. And so I'll let you guys touch on that. The other key was going to be anytime it's a team that's bigger versus a team that is just smaller in size and players. It's who's you can, you can tell pretty easily by watching and maybe uh, I make it, I don't know, maybe it's something I can do easily, but I know you guys can as well. You can tell when players that are smaller, are able to, or they're getting to those loose balls. They're getting to those rebounds that are longer, that it's like a 50-50 ball, right? If the bigger team is getting those and every normal rebound, that's that's when things go wrong because they're just getting every every rebound. They're, they're sealing that off. Not that Lob City wasn't trying and it took a huge fourth quarter by them, but throughout the game, Rhode Island Warriors were hitting shots and then they were scrapping for rebounds. Hachi, um, Antonio, you know, Gian. I mean, we can name all the players because they only had five guys, but... They were all scrapping. They were all coming up with second chances and, and defensive rebounds. They were team rebounding on that end, and I think that was huge, which kept them in the game. And they even had a lead for sure in the second half. I'll let you guys go more into that, but it is Lob City winning 88-78 after a 11-point advantage in the fourth quarter for Lob City. So by math, the, the Warriors were leading going into the fourth quarter. So there you go. It was that final quarter for Lob City. I think they just put their head down and started attacking, but we'll kind of go semi in reverse order. We'll go to Tim first on this one. You can touch on the Warriors first if you'd like. I think that's kind of the chronological way, but whatever you'd like. Warriors definitely impressed me with their, you know, and I don't even know how many Gian had, which is always the question. He had 40 and seven threes. So again, that was going to be huge. But Tim, you know, how were the Warriors able to stay in this one? Uh, when I was watching the Warriors this game, it was obvious to me that they were relying on Gian and relying on Hachi to score. Uh, Hachi, in my opinion, had his game of the season. He was hitting deep shots, uh, taking guys off the dribble, creating for his team, creating that second outlet to Gian. I mean, we didn't see Charles Correa in this one, which obviously we thought he would be a big factor in this one, but Hachi really kind of took that role and, and created that second option to Gian. But I just think for the Warriors, I mean, you see, obviously, they lost the rebounding battle by almost 20 rebounds, which is really hard to compete when that's uh, glaring numbers like that. 
Um, Jose, there wasn't much they could do to stop him when he just puts his head down and goes to the basket. But the Rhode Island Warriors were, I believe, leading, or it was like a one-possession game going to the fourth. Uh, it really could have gone either way. Uh, like you mentioned on the on the rebounding, they were, they were able to get out and transition on some of those long rebounds, get easy baskets, which has been really their key all year in getting out and transition, forcing turnovers, and outrunning the other team which worked through three quarters. And I know Lob City didn't really have Cody Crawford as a factor this game. I think that was a big loss for them, potentially, but they, they toughed it out. Victor had some great plays on the stretch, um, making some key defensive plays on Gian. He stepped up to be that guy to shut him down down the stretch. Um, and he's won a championship before, and I think he proved that, that he can up his level of play when the lights are the brightest. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to go right to Aiden. So I'll save Cade for last. I'll make him work for it. But Aiden, focusing on that fourth quarter, what was Lob City able to do to pull away? And so again, trailing heading into the fourth or in a one possession game. And then you, know, you see Jose Mercado there. I mean, a near, I don't even, I can't see their stats, but definitely a close double, double 38. Colin Burns with 26 and missed one shot and it was a three, right? So he was just attack, attack, attack. And definitely in the fourth quarter, those two specifically put their head down, but you know, Aiden, what else in that fourth quarter flipped um, that allowed Lob City just to be too much to handle? So what flipped was towards down the stretch, Gian had five fouls. So he wasn't really able to go up defensively as he would if he didn't have five fouls. So they were very smart and they picked the matchup they wanted. And if they didn't have him on, you know, Jose or Colin or even Victor for a few plays, they'd switch him and they'd get him there, and then they'd be able to go up. And you'll see in some of the snap clips where Jose gets a really nice dunk, Gian just throws his hands up because Gian can't jump because if he jumps, he fouls out. So that was a tough thing for them. And like Tim said, we didn't see Cody much during this game, which was interesting, but they obviously proved that they don't really need him that now. Like, they were able to win without him. It was a close game. But like you said, the Warriors were up. I want to say at least five or six heading into the fourth or had a lead for a decent amount of time. They were up at half. They, and then it slowed down, but it was a good game for the Warriors and a great game for Lob City. And Lob City was just able to put their heads down, attack Gian because he only had five fouls. And we always say size helped Lob City. Size did help Lob City this game, but it wasn't as much of a factor because all four, five of these people on the RI Warriors could defend. But Lob City was just able to take over and attack Gian because he had five fouls and he wasn't able to do anything about it. Yeah, great point. I know listening to the interviews, I mean, Victor was pointing out the foul discrepancy. And at least by our stats, which I've also gotten compliments that have been very accurate this season. So credit to you guys. Um, it says 15 to 15. So I know at times, you know, it could be one half was more heavily towards one team than the other half. It kind of so it feels uneven. It did finish according to our record keeping exactly even. And that's, you know, Gian with five fouls as well, a huge factor. So Cade, you know, what do you take away from this game? And, you know, not to jump ahead too much of the preview because we're going to get there, but yeah, what do you take away from this one in Lob City able to uh, get the win? I think the Warriors with who they had and the size they had played almost the best game they could. Um, obviously, in any game, you can hit more shots. Uh, Gian and and Hachi hitting as much as they could. Um, 
but yeah, everyone played their part in this game. Uh, but I would say the biggest uh, factor for Lob City would be Colin Burns. Obviously, you got Jose being the leading scorer, but they were able to, I think Jose played more uh, this game. And the Warriors were kind of able to adapt and defend Jose down, down the stretch. Um, or I'd say mainly in the third and second. Obviously, the fourth was a different story for Lob City. But uh, once Colin Burns kind of started getting getting hot, um, they couldn't do anything when he got into the paint. Literally, he would just jump, two-hand dunk. No one, no one could contest it. Even if there wasn't foul trouble, they really couldn't get up there and stop a man with that size and power. Um, they still got Jose to miss 13 shots, only six of those coming from three, which is which is a great feat when you got guys all under almost, I would say all under six foot. Um, but yeah, when it comes to Lob City, they just had too much this game, even without uh, Cody. Um, obviously, Victor playing point guard most of the game was was huge for them because he's taller than most of the Warriors players, if not all of them. And uh, the way he just handles the ball and controls that team is kind of the glue they need. And um, when you got Victor kind of controlling the floor, taking that pressure off Greg or uh, even even Cody when he does play, it kind of helps them get up shots and kind of opens the floor for Jose and Colin to get those easy, easy dunks. So I'd say that's that's basically the, the sums up for this game. Uh, but the Warriors definitely showed heart and. And I would have I would have liked to see them win because you know everyone likes to see the underdogs win. But had to say I, I saw I saw Lob City winning this one. Yeah, and so actually before we get to that final, so again Lob City advances, the Werewolves advance. I actually have a question for the listeners. Get ready, guys. Uh, do you guys play in a league that could use full box scores, just like we had up on the screen here? Player pages of career stats. You guys have been checking those out, right? I know we got the wait to see all star stuff seven-time All-Star, six-time All-Star, um, and more post-game interviews, a post-game show like this. Tell your league commissioner and message us today so we can enhance your league that you already play in and help you continue to build your legacy. So, guys, looking ahead to the finals, let's first look at that matchup from earlier in the season. I can pull up that box score. I really I, – I will pull it up just for our own sake, but it was in week four. And it was a three-point win by Lobb. So we'll actually start there in a second as I get my computer ready. But a three-point win by Lobb when they met in week four. Lobb didn't have their full team. Lobb had five guys, so very different from the nine guys they're running out there now. No Jose, no Carl Lee. So two of the guys that Aiden just, you know, adds to whatever team he wants. Whenever he wants, those guys will be there, I'm you know, assuming, for the finals. Um, but it was still a close game. And also for the werewolves, no Sam Clifford. So that'll hopefully, as we all just want a good game, and those teams obviously each want to win. But I'll pull up that box score in a second. Uh, let's go to – we'll go to Tim because Cade just, Cade just had his moment. Uh, but, Tim, in week four, I'll get the box score up here for you. But what from that game, even though it was different rosters, right, as we look ahead to the finals, what from that can we take? right? And kind of apply to this game as we try to see it. So Cody Crawford had 23, Colin Burns, 21, Heston, 23 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists, six steals. So, I mean, we're going to need that for sure. But Tim, what can both teams take from that game as they get ready for the finals? Yeah. So like, just from you reading that off there, I could tell Heston showed out. Um, he's definitely going to need to, I'd say he shot four for nine from three. 
um, last week against Duya, Duya, well, yesterday against Duya's voice. I think he's going to have to shoot similar to that. A uh, good percentage from three. I think a lot of his threes in that game were very big shots. And Brian's shown the ability to make those shots. I think he's going to need to make big shots. Uh, the Werewolves, um, this is a team I think that out of any team could combat Lob City's size. They led the league in blocks uh, by 11 blocks. So that much more than any other team is significant. I think Connor Harrington is going to play a big role in this one. He's one of the only guys in the league that can that's that big of a guy that can match up with these guys. Even if he's only giving a couple of minutes, those rebounds, potential contests at the rim, screen setting could, could be a big role for them. But in this one, I mean, we're going to have to see what Cody Crawford's role is going to be next week because he obviously led them in this game, um, but he wasn't really a factor last week. So we're going to have to see. Um, Colin Burns, you usually don't see him shoot that poorly. That is definitely something to watch. They seem to neutralize him a little bit. You usually see him barely missing shots like last week. So if Hessen and Clifford and Harrington can neutralize those guys in any way, I think they have a good shot. Yeah, and so, Cade, we'll get to you on this one, kind of using that week four matchup, and then we'll save Aiden and myself to show off from the uh, <laughs> the winter 19 perspective of, of being at that game and, and uh, going back to that box score from the last time these two teams met in the finals. But, Cade, speaking on Colin and Cody and, you know, not even having Jose, it's going to be a huge deal. But, you know, what, if anything, are you taking from their earlier matchup? Yeah, looking down, uh, obviously, uh, Colin shot a lot this game. Um, but even even his uh, scoring on, under the basket is going to be tough with Brian, obviously, and Connor being great rim de- defenders. And only one person can come at you in the paint with the ball at once. So either that's going to be Jose, Colin, even Cody coming down uh, into the paint. Uh, Brian's going to be able to defend all of them down there. So is Connor. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I think it's going to come down to shooting the three, obviously. They hit nine and took 24. I know they only shot, I think, 11 last game against uh, the Warriors. And before before I uh, forget, uh, I wanted to give props to the Warriors because the last time they met Lob City, looking at past matchups here, they lost by 52. So I just want to get that out there before we forget. Uh, but, yeah, props to them. And, uh, obviously, this was a three-point game. Can, that comes down to one shot, comes down to a foul maybe. Um, obviously, missing some players for Lob City, but uh, did the werewolf did uh, they have Sam Clifford this game? The werewolves? No. Well, obviously, they're they're missing their second leading scorer for uh, maybe top leading scorer now, but obviously Brian is the key for uh, the werewolves. Um, yeah, so Lob City hasn't seen Sam Clifford play, but the werewolves haven't uh, played against. Um, Obviously, Jose, um, I think people know his game, though. You know, Brian Brian seems very aware of what's going on in the league at all times. So I'm sure he's going to come out with a game plan. And I'm just looking forward to see see what both teams bring to the bring to the game. Yeah. And so now as we kind of go back and we'll get to Aiden in a second, as I set the scene for what happened last time these two teams met in the final. So it was a double overtime win for Lob City. It was a similar style not not to the magnitude, but a similar style comeback at the end of the fourth quarter for the Werewolves. I remember on the Snapchat, um, they were down definitely by six in the final minute, minute and a half of that finals in regulation. Hit some threes, splitting some free throws on the other end, 
I think they got a turnover kind of just as the Duyez boys did. So again, similar recipe because without a turnover here or there, it gets very difficult to erase that, that deficit that, you know, teams face in the fourth quarter, but then it came down to an inbounds possession down by three. And uh, I can still see it. It's a cross court pass to Brian Heston. He goes up for the three and there's some body contact. People on lob city will say it wasn't a foul. The ref called it a foul as time, you know, the shot got off, but then, called the file with no time left on the clock and Brian Heston hits all three free throws, which were needed to force overtime with no one on standing on the free throw line, which is weird. So it's weird enough that the rim is at eight and a half feet. And when you stand at the free throw line, it's trippy just by perception standard of what you're used to. Then in the finals, knowing if you miss one, the game is over. He makes all three. So credit to him on that in the overtime. Uh, it was back and forth. I can see Brian driving, uh, to the hoop and making a layup. I forgot to mention this to you guys before. It might have been in that first overtime, Greg Holt hit a step back three to kind of keep Lob City in that game. So another crazy clip. I believe Lob might have been down three at that point as well, but a much needed three by Greg Holt in that first overtime. And then it was the Werewolves just as they were at the end of regulation. So a lot of similarities. They had the ball at the end of that first overtime in the finals against an undefeated Lob City team with a chance to win it. And Heston goes left floats and he's he's right-handed so now he's floating left right-handed free throw line fading shot tries to bank it and again you know victor or i believe it was victor on him so a you know got a long defender in your way off the glass off the rim and misses so that was the end of the first overtime and then i'll pull up the box score here and we'll get to aiden but it was seven to two lob city in that double overtime as they made some plays you can only give, you know, teams like that so many chances, right? Uh, as in Lob City before they're going to make those plays and seal it. At that point, they had won every title leading up to that. They have won five of the six, and they're looking for their sixth as a group. Uh, and I, I know we talked to Josh Smith before the game and how you know he put the alliance together and then they, you know, whatever, combined with Cody, quote unquote. But it's that group that has uh, dominated the league and is looking to get another title. So, Aiden, the teams are different. And I'll even just touch on that quickly before I get to you. So it was Dave Campbell and we kind of insert Sam Clifford in that role. So those two are very similar, giving the werewolves that one, two punch. And I'll show you the stats in a second, just on how much of a two headed, no body to that monster. It was uh, in that finals game. And then for Lob City, you know, we talked about it earlier before we went on the air, but it was Greg Holt, Cody Crawford, Victor Cashew, and Josh Smith were their top four scores. So guys who aren't even playing as much now, you know, just throw in Jose and Carl, right? But guys who aren't even playing as much now were leading the way for that team with a Joey Coro shout out with a uh, Emmanuel Tutu and Justin Tavis on that team. So um, definitely a smaller team because the three people that they have added, notably Lob City is Nuri Mahmoud, Jose Mercado, and Carl Lee. So they're three biggest guys, right? And we'll talk matchups and I can get to one of the other guys on that in a second where when Lob City goes big, who's guarding who? And I think that's going to be what we'll see early and we'll see how the werewolves adjust to that because if there's no guard for Gino or for Jared Ganser necessarily to guard and that guard or their smallest player for Lob City might be a Victor Cashew Jr. That is a mismatch, uh, just size alone. So Aiden, looking back to winter 19, I know you said you saw it, you were there. Heston had some huge plays. He'll need to do that again, but you know, what from that game, you know, do you expect to be the same? What do you expect to be different? I expect it to be a great game like that. I could see it going to an overtime just given how good these teams are. 
And back to what we were saying when they played in the double overtime game, they both of the teams, they led or these teams right here, they let out with their own lineups that they know play well in the playoffs. Always. Yeah. 81 for Dave and Brian and Jared and Rob Corsi, three other points. Like, and like you said, Sam has stepped into that Dave Campbell role. Now, if the Werewolves were to add Dave Campbell next season, that pretty, pretty, really good team. But I just think there's a lot of players in this league and on both of these teams that have played in tough situations and are ready for the pressure in playoff basketball. And obviously not luck, I should say, but that last foul when they Heston hit all three free throws, that that's not going to happen every time. And if that foul didn't happen, wouldn't have had that great of a game as we had. Well, it still was a good game, but it wouldn't have gone to the double overtime. But I think what's going to be down is the fouls. And like Cade said, seeing how Brian and Connor guard who, I don't know if Brian has ever played against Jose. They might have in 2019 when Jose was on a different team. So I'm very interested to see that matchup because I know he'll probably be on Jose and switching from even Colin and other plays throughout the night like he probably did when they first played. And then it's going to be interesting. You look at Lob City, like you said, Greg, Cody, Vic, and Josh, they're leading scorers and they're a completely different team. But these players have played in this position before, so they know how to win. Like you said, Lob is going for their sixth title in seven, eight seasons. So you know how dominant they are, and it's always beat Lob City or whoever beats Lob City is, you know, that's the team to beat. Lob City is known for this league as being the top guys until DA's boys won two years ago or three years ago, and then Lobshita came back. It's like, this is my title. So it's going to it's going to be a very good game, I think. And I just think it'll come down to the matchups and how well each team responds to pressure. Like Sam Clifford, a lot of chirping throughout the game last night, but you still scored 33. And he he's a very kind of nonchalant basketball player. It looks like he's not – he's just kind of doing it because he wants to do it. Same with Heston, but – from the get-go from last night back to that game, it just Heston was hungry. I believe one of the first plays they got the tip or missed the tip, and he just went and slammed it. So back to previewing this matchup, going to be great. I expect a close game. I expect some great plays, some great calls. It's going to come down to the wire, and the better team may just win. Yeah, and so – couple things on that before we get to Kate and Tim to give their matchup previews and then a game pick. So Heston after the game is walking by the table and is like, he's, he's kidding. Cause he would obviously have enough energy. He's like, I don't know if I could do overtime again next week, guys. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm good. And so credit to what Aiden said, as far as, you know, right from the tip, like a million miles an hour. Right. And that, and, and Heston's done that before. That's kind of what I've talked about to you guys, right? Like playoff Heston. And he knows that's what his team needs to be in a game and to give themselves a chance to win. So that's just how he gets to that spot of being like, I don't want overtime again. Obviously he would take overtime again if it means his team is going to win. Um, but a comment from Brian Heston, Jose Mercado, I believe played on the werewolves. I wasn't totally sure, but I think he did one season. Maybe not. It might've been Brian Yars. Exactly right. See, so I'm crazy. Brian Yars, but he, Heston definitely did play Jose when he was on boom shakalaka. So they have faced off before going back before that, or maybe during that 19 season. I can't remember exactly when Boom Shakalaka was in the league, um, but it was during that time. And that was when Jose made his debut with that team. So Brian definitely faced him uh, away from this Lob City team, but it's obviously a different beast when he's on Lob City because of the weapons they have. So 
let's get to Tim. So you can give us a preview on those matchups. I'm going to kind of turn this back off here. You can give a preview on the matchup. So, I mean, talking about if the werewolves start Heston, Clifford, Forty, and Harrington, right? Or even Ganser and Harrington in that scenario. If Lob City starts the lineup they did last night, it looks like it'll be Victor, Jose, Colin, and Carl, which is exactly kind of what I'm talking about is, you know, you can do so much as a team to try to help each other out. They're still going man to man and they're still going to be matchups. So Tim, you can take whatever one of those scenarios you like, but you know, what matchups are you focusing on and then make your pick? Yeah. So, um, with Lob City's size, I think um, we saw in their matchup against Bogey, a lot of times Matt Bogey had to be hidden or he didn't really have anyone to, like, guard. It could be a similar situation with Gino. Um, I think he's going to have to have a big impact in this one. Like, obviously, he didn't give them much. He did have some very clutch free throws last week, but he's going to have to hit some shots. Uh, matchup I'm looking at, I think this guy's been X-Factor for the Werewolves the whole playoffs is Sam Clifford. and I. I hope he matches up against Victor Cashew Jr. I think that would be a great matchup to watch. Um, Victor, uh, he kind of took that challenge of Gian at the end of the game last week. Um, it seems if he has a switch that he can flip, he can just turn it on and become that player for them. Uh, another one, kind of like more of a low-key matchup, Connor Harrington versus Carl Lee. Uh, kind of like they play a similar role. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who can win the, that, that battle down low because both of them are going to have an impact defensively and on the glass as well. Um, my pick this game is going to be – I'm not going to switch up. I'm going to go Lob City. I've had them the whole way. I just think they have the best and deepest roster, and size uh, is definitely prevalent for them um, in this league, and it has excelled them throughout this playoff run. I'm pretty sure Tim is the same one who said something along the lines of, I went 0 for 4 against the spread last week. So now he's like, I'm sticking with my pick. <laughs> I want to be known as the guy who picked it right the whole time. What a shift. What a shift. That's why we have the playoffs. Uh, Cade, so go ahead. And even let's look at it from Lob City's perspective. So, you know, there's two sides to this, right? And that's basketball. But, you know, we're talking about who the werewolves are going to guard. All right. I mean, you know, we talked about Gino 40. If he hits some threes, that kind of can eliminate that point differential that maybe he's giving up on the other end or even Heston hitting more shots or if it, you know, Joe Palazzo hits a couple of shots. So as much as, you know, we kind of focus on the matchups on that end, like, oh, geez, who are you going to guard on Lob City? If Lob City goes to that big lineup, you know, what matchups or matchup problems could they face with a Sam Clifford and a Brian Heston and, you know, Connor Harrington doing some things around the rim? Like, what do you see there? And then you can make your pick, Cade. Yeah, so I think for, obviously, Lob City, they went with their big matchup against the Warriors this week, and it didn't even work greatly. I would say, obviously, they got the win, worked worked well enough. But they were Warriors were able to hold them to only 88, and they scored, obviously, 78. So putting that matchup in to the Werewolves, I think it, I think it's kind of, a clash of two two giants right there, um, Sam and Brian. Uh, sorry, yeah, Sam and uh, Brian and Connor can all defend really well. And obviously, Sam being shorter, I still think is a great rim protector. And um, putting that matchup against a big Lob City matchup, uh, whichever combination you want, there's so many of them. I think is a great great thing to look at. I think it's going to be 
a very interesting, interesting game. It's going to come down, I think, to three point shooting. Um, I think Sam Clifford is a great shooter. Obviously, we know Brian can shoot. Um, when that comes down to the other werewolves, maybe somebody knocks down a, a big three here and there that changes the game. It really comes down to one shot, as we've seen. They only lost by three points last uh, time they matched up. Uh, but yeah, I think a good matchup here would be Brian against uh, Jose. Obviously, that's like Superman versus Bizarro right there. Uh, it's kind of um, kind of the ideal matchup you want in the finals. Two two of the best players in the league coming coming at it head head first. Uh, yeah, so I think com coming down to the wire, it's going to be uh, shooting. Shooting is going to change the game right here. Um, that being said, I did say Lob City a week ago was going to win it all. So I think I have to stay with Lob City. But like I, like I said with Victor in our interview, he, he, he likes everyone being against him. So maybe he liked me picking the werewolves. But I think I'm going to stick with Lob City. Uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing the werewolves win. I, I love the underdog story. Yeah, and so, all right, so there's two for Lob City. We'll get over to Aiden to make a pick. Um, yeah, I mean, that, let's, let's just go to Aiden. Let's do it so then we can, uh, we can get to some other fun stuff this week. But Aiden, they're back. <laughs> the Werewolves, they did it. Can they finish the deal? I, I think they can. Like, the, like what Kate had just said, that's my, that was my whole, I'm thinking in my head what I'm going to say, three-point shooting. Both, both of these teams, just going over there, like when we recap their games and everything, both of them, I don't think they've made more than maybe 10 or 12 threes in a game, like collectively. So I think both of these teams like to just rim run and just go straight to the basket. Heston can finish greatly. Clifford can finish greatly. We know Colin can. We know Jose can. And we know Carl can. So I'm just, you know, everybody can finish. But I think the biggest key is going to be like we talked about the matchups and the three-point shooting and just because what the RI Warriors did back to that game is some of them, sometimes they would just kind of back off Jose and force him to shoot. Now, Jose is not the greatest three-point shooter. He can make them, but he's not the greatest. So I think if the Werewolves can kind of get in Lob City's head a little bit, I'm not sure if that's possible. But if they can and just kind of daring their team to shoot threes, then I think it'll be the werewolves game. It's just like Cade said and Tim said, it's going to come down to matchups. I'm interested to see who the best players are going to be guarding and how they play well together. When they let in, met in the winter 2019 finals, Greg was their leading scorer. They didn't have Jose and Carl. You know, they can just add them. But um, it's going to be a great game. And with that being said, my I picked the DJ's boys to win it all, so my picks are already out the window. Lob City's a great team, but I'm going to be going with the Werewolves for next week. The Werewolves are gonna take their uh take their team all the way and win with Heston and Clifford. All right, and so there's your motivation, Vic. There you go. Uh Aiden, the werewolves can blame can blame you if if they call you out in the postgame show after the final. So there's your finals preview. Here's what's coming up this week. You got a lot more of me, unfortunately, and some of these guys on the Low Post podcast. So that will be the all-star draft. You guys will be seeing that on Friday this week. Uh, that'll be how we release who is in the all-star game, as well as what team, Team Ruggiero or Team Thomas, for our all-star game. The three-point contest and dunk contest participants were released to Wednesday. Today's Wednesday. So by the time you guys are seeing this, they're already out. 
And then next week we have the finals. And so for the finals will be live on Instagram. So I'll be posting about that. So you guys can tune into that pending Wi-Fi troubles, which I know we streamed the fourth quarters of the semifinal games. I think it worked out okay from what I heard, but we're going to try to fix that situation, the Wi-Fi situation at the rec center. And then we'll be doing a post-game show from the court of the finals. So we have the post-game interview as always. Then we get the team, we do the trophy presentation and we talk to the team. Then we do our finals MVP. And then we stay with the team and we do a post-game show five or 10 minutes from the court. So you have a ton of content from the finals. That'll put a bow on the season. We'll crown a champion. And then the week, so now we're talking the week after that, the 23rd will be all-star night and we'll have an article for that. We'll get some uh, other content up for that to preview those matchups and those teams once we know who's on what team. So first, keep an eye out for the all-star draft. That'll be fun as we uh, get to do some fantasy drafting with the Legacy League's players. But the finals are set. We got two for Lob City, one for the Werewolves. That's the post-game show, guys. Good job. And we will see you at the court on Tuesday night. Hopefully we get some more overtime and uh, we'll crown a champion. So good job, guys. And thanks for watching.